Thank you, Lord, on this beautiful Sunday morning. Thank you for joining in with us on today as we go before the Lord. Hallelujah. Father God, it is in the precious and mighty name of Jesus Christ that we pray on this morning with thanksgiving in our hearts. Lord, we just want to bless you and praise your name. God, we thank you for showing up even on this line on this morning. Speak what you want to speak, Lord. Do what you want to do, God. Bless how you want to bless. And Father, we thank you in advance. We know, God, that your Holy Spirit is already here. You've already began moving by your Spirit throughout Sunday school, throughout praise and worship, oh God. And now we thank you that the atmosphere has already been set for your word to go forth on today. We pray now, God, in the name of Jesus, even as a man servant prayed, oh God, and he blessed what would take what would take place on this morning, God. We just give your name glory and honor on this morning, God. We thank you for every listener, Father, in the name of Jesus. We pray, oh God, that our hearts are receptive unto your word and that our mind is stayed on you, God, that you would keep us in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you. In the midst of whatever anybody's situation may be on this morning, God, you are still God and you're worthy to be praised. So we just embrace your Lordship even at this moment, Father God. Oh, I feel the glory of God on this morning. Hallelujah. Have your way, God, today. Have your way. Somebody just needs to just lift their hands wherever they are right now and just give the Lord permission to just have his way in your life on this morning. In the midst of your trials, in the midst of your tribulations, just tell the Lord to have his way. Hallelujah. For we know that when he have his way, there is victory. We know that when he have his way, there is breakthrough. We know that when God has his way, the healing will take place in your life. Deliverance will take place in your life. Restoration will take place in your life. When the Lord just have his way, hallelujah. Glory to God on this morning. We thank you, God. We give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise today because you are just so worthy. Hallelujah. When we think about your goodness and all that you do for us, as soul make a boisterous noise unto the Lord. And we just say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody just needs to say it out of your mouth right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, God, that you cared enough about a sinner like me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. On this morning, there is a word from the Lord. Hallelujah. We all know how we do it here. Amen. We already know how we do it here. Hallelujah. I hope you have your Bibles ready. I hope you have your pen and your paper ready. Glory to God. It is time to grow. Tell somebody today, it is time to grow. Get divine revelation on walking with God. Hallelujah. It's time to grow. Hallelujah. The passage of scripture that we're going to look at on this morning is going to come from the book of Matthew chapter number four. Glory to God. Matthew chapter number four. And it is talking about the temptation of Jesus. And the word of the Lord says, Then Jesus was led up into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. 
And he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And then he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones would be turned into bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the highest point of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning you, and in their hands they shall lift you up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is also written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their grandeur and said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Get away from here, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and immediately angels came and ministered to him. Glory to God. There is a word from the Lord on today. And if I had to entitle this message on today, it would simply be, Don't reject the wilderness. Don't reject the wilderness, for it is making you. We're going to start out by defining what the wilderness is for someone that may not know or understand what God is saying to us in his word. The wilderness is a locale for intense experiences. It is a place of great need of God. It is a dangerous place. It is a place where one could be isolated. It's also an opportune place of deliverance. It's a point in one's life where one can encounter God. It is a moment of great decision and conversion. It is also a place of divine revelation. Now, there are characteristics of the wilderness. It could be a place in your life that is dark. It could be lonely, scary, frustrated, sad. Whatever characteristic it may have, it is a place of intensified pain. It's a place that could be dangerous. It's a place where fear, dread, and discomfort could be overtaking you. And while you are going through your wilderness experience, you as a believer, me as a believer, all of us that are on this line today, we must have faith in God. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but yet it is the evidence of things not seen. Glory to God. So while you are in the wilderness, you must have hard faith. You must have relentless faith. You must have steadfast 
faith. You must have unmovable faith. While you are in the wilderness, that is that place where you really get to know who God is. Am I talking to anybody today? The Bible tells us that he is Emmanuel, the God that is always with us. He is also known as El Elyon, the Most High God. He is known as Elohim, the All-Sufficient God. Many of us, of us know him as Joshua, the Messiah, depending on whatever your need may be. He says that I am, that I am the great I am. Hallelujah. So while you are in your wilderness experience, while you are in your dark place, while you are in your lonely place, come on here, somebody, while you are in that scary place, while you are in that frustrated place, while you are in that place of intensified pain, while you are in that dangerous place, that is that place where you will get to know God for who he is. Hallelujah. Don't reject your wilderness. Your wilderness experience, it is a tough time. Pleasant things of life are unable to be enjoyed. Or it may be even absent altogether. It, while you're in the wilderness, you may like encouragement. You may like people that understand. But somebody needs to know on this morning that God promised that he would never leave you. Nor would he forsake you. Even though it is a time of intensification where temptation could be all around you and your spirituality may be under attack. It could involve, but it may not be limited to spiritual. It could be financial. It even could be an emotional drought. It's not necessary a sign that a believer is sinning, but it is rather a time of your God-ordained testing. How many of us have thought about whatever we may be going through right now? It is a time of divine testing. Your wilderness experience is also linked to your mountaintop encounter. It is also linked to major struggle followed by victory in the end. And all throughout the Bible, many times, more than a few, People found themselves in the wilderness. The people of Israel, the people of God, they were leaving out of Egypt, a land of bondage, a land where there was much lack, a land that was uncertain. Glory to God. And they experienced miraculous deliverance through the Red Sea. The triumph or the finality of being free from Egypt was their mountaintop experience. Yet, it followed a journey through the desert. They were tried, they were tempted while they were in the wilderness. They failed the testing. And many may say, well, Apostle, why did they fail the testing? They failed the testing simply because they refused to follow the instructions of God. And as a result, their wilderness encounter, which should have only lasted 11 days turned out to be a 40-year journey of struggle. God will allow you to be in Goshen even while you are in the wilderness. Goshen is that place where God protects you. It is that place that God covers you. That is the place where God reveals himself to you. 
in powerful and in mighty ways. Even though you're going through what you're going through, even though you're dealing with what you're dealing with, the hand of the Lord is still upon you. Others throughout the Bible were led into the wilderness. The prophet Elijah was led into the wilderness in 1 Kings 19 verses 1 through 9. The apostle Paul found himself in the wilderness in the book of Galatians chapter number 1 verse number 17 through 18. And the thing about the apostle Paul was while he was going through and killing the Christians and while he was going through his experience of of being tried and of being tested, he had to have a right now encounter with God. Oh, glory to God today. I feel by the power of the Holy Ghost that while somebody is in their wilderness experience, you're going to have a life transformation take place. The Apostle Paul went from being the one that killed the Christians to being the most powerful apostle of all. Glory to God today. God is saying while you are in the wilderness, he said that is the place where I am transforming you. That is the place where I am molding you. That's the place where I am shifting you and I'm sifting you. That is the place where God is cutting away the flat. That is the place where God is pruning you. That is the place that God is grooming you. That is the place where God is calculating you. That is the place where God is building you up. That is the place where God is getting ready to do a great work through you. While you are in the wilderness, that's the place where God can get your attention at now. Because while you're going through what you're going through, man can't change your situation. The doctors can't change your situation. I can't change your situation. Glory to God. While you are in the wilderness, it's all about you and God. Hallelujah. So don't reject your wilderness. There is the greatest example of someone who went through a wilderness experience. And his name is known as Jesus, Joshua the Messiah. In the book of Matthew, chapter number four, we find, but before we even got to chapter number four, while I was sitting here and I was just meditating on the word of God and listening for God to speak, God told me to back up just a little bit. We find that in the chapter number three, the Bible says that in those days, John the Baptist came and he was preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Oh, glory to God. You see, even while you're in the wilderness, the work of God goes on. Hallelujah. John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness and he was telling the people of God, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God was speaking through John the Baptist and he was telling them, turn from whatever it is that you're doing now and turn unto me. Hallelujah. He said, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Many in this hour, a message is going out just like it was from John the Baptist to repent and to turn away from things that don't bring glory and honor to God. And then turn to the one who is able to supersede our expectation. He said, turn to the one that is able to keep you in the midst of your storms, in the midst of your trials, in the midst 
of what you're dealing with in the midst of what you're going through even right now somebody needs to know today that Jesus the Christ is the answer hallelujah so John the Baptist was out there in the wilderness and he was preaching a word of repentance unto the people glory be to God he was a voice that was crying in the wilderness he was a voice that was out there preparing the way of the Lord hallelujah he was a voice that was out there that had been prophesied through the prophet Isaiah the prophet Isaiah prophesied that a voice was going to come that was going to cry in the wilderness glory to God many of you all are in the wilderness right now but there has been a voice that has been crying out to you while you are going through what you're going through and they are preparing the way of the Lord for you glory to God and then the Bible goes on and it tells us in John chapter number three, if you scroll on down to verse number 15, it says, but Jesus answered him, let it be so now for it is filling. It is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. This was talking about Jesus being prepared to be baptized. And then the Bible says, and when Jesus was baptized, he came up immediately out of the water and suddenly the heavens were open unto him because you see, he had a right now encounter with the father. Everything changed at that very moment. Some of you may be in the wilderness, but you hear the voice of God speaking to you. And God is saying on today that everything concerning you is about to change. Glory to God. And then we find that the Bible says, and he saw the spirit of God descending on him like a dove. That means that the spirit of the living God came in and rested upon him. Glory to God. Even though he was God, he was wrapped up in flesh hallelujah but the spirit of the father came and it rested on him the spirit of god descended and rested on him and a voice from heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased glory to god so you see it wasn't that sin had took place before the onset of the temptation came it wasn't that sin was prevalent in that person's life in Jesus life the Bible goes on and said after Jesus had been baptized after he had heard the voice that was already paving the way for him glory to God this morning it says that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil it didn't say that the devil led him up there to be tempted. It said that the spirit of God led him up there to be tested. Many times people of God, it comes to a pivotal point in your life where God looked to see what you're really made out of. Are you going to be able to stand when temptation is all around you? Are you going to be able to make it through those trying times while you are in your wilderness experience. Glory to God. But you see, we find something out about Jesus and while he was in the wilderness. We first of all found out that it is not a sin to be tempted. None of us are above being 
tempted by the devil. The Bible says even Jesus was tempted. Tempted means that the enemy will present things before you. Those things may seem pleasurable. Those things may seem good. Those things may even feel good. But is it God? The Bible says that, and he fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights. And he was hungry. Even while you are fasting and even while you are praying unto God. When you are hungry for God, that is when the tempter will come to you. And the tempter came to him and the tempter spoke to him and said, If you are the son of God, command these stones to be turned into bread. And you see, we find here that because God led him there, it must was that he was where God wanted him to be. Oh, help us God today. Somebody on this line on this morning, you've been giving the devil too much credit for where you are in your life right now. I need y'all to hear what God is saying on this morning. Help us, Holy Ghost. We need to understand sometimes that God allow us to go through certain things in life. And God will intentionally lead us into the wilderness so that we can develop a bond and we can develop a relationship with him. It is in the midst of you going through what you're going through. I hear you, God. Even as Bishop preached a few weeks ago about that thorn in and side, people of God. Sometimes you got to go through what you got to go through. Because what you go through is connecting you with God. It connects you to the one that is able. It connects you. It repositions you. The Holy Spirit right here. It was God's will. And there's going to be times in your life that God will allow you to be tempted. Jesus was God and he was full of the Holy Spirit when he was tempted. So he was prepared for what was to come. Listen, we got to be full of the Holy Spirit. So that when temptation comes our way, we have the power to resist temptation. And the thing to remember, people of God, is, is that we are never without God's grace. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is being perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest upon me. God, I can't get through this wilderness by myself. I need you, God. God, I can't do this on my own. It is God's grace. God's grace is the ability to do through God what you can't do on your own strength. When the grace of God rests upon your life, he will give you what you need in order to be able to make it. We find that even though Jesus was in the wilderness, he had what he needed people of God to be able to make it. Then the angels came. The messengers that were sent by God. That's what an angel is. A messenger that was sent by God to attend to him. God sent Jesus. The Father, God the Father sent Jesus the Son. A messenger to speak a word unto him. And while he was in the wilderness Jesus answered it is written in verse number four. 
Man shall not live by bread alone. We can't live by what we eat, people of God. We can't live, live by what we feed our natural mortal bodies. But we have to live according to every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. If God says it in his word, people of God, then we've got to believe it. When God does speak a thing and he declare a thing, we have to understand that it is already established in heaven. God's word concerning you is already established in the heavens. Hallelujah. I feel the power of God on this morning. That even though you're going through what you're going through, it is already written that you should live by the very words that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Then verse 5 says, then the devil took him up to the holy city. That is where the devil was going to begin to tempt him. That was where the devil was going to begin to present things before him. Many of you all are in the wilderness even right now. And the devil is about to show you some things. The devil is about to present some things before you. It may look good. It may look like it is God. It may even seem like that is what you need in this hour. But it is already written that but by the very word, every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That is how we live, people of God. That is how we move. That is how we have our being. According to what God said in his word, according to that which was written, hallelujah. And then the Bible says that the devil set him on the highest point of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, this is what the devil said to him. If you are the son of God, Throw yourself down for it is written. He shall give his angels charge concerning you. Look how the devil tried to take the word and use it against God. Oh, the devil will try to use the very word of God against you. But look at what God said unto him. Jesus told him. Look, look what God, look what Jesus said to him. He said, it is also written that you shall not tempt. The Lord, your God. See, Jesus was already a step ahead of the devil, people of God. We got to already be a step ahead of the devil. Glory be to God on this Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Your faith is going to be tested, but you got to have works. Hallelujah. For the Bible tells us that faith without works is dead. It's time, people of God. That we've got to put our faith to work. We find right here in the Bible that when Jesus spoke back to him again, the devil took him up. See, the devil don't play fair. He's not going to just take it that, oh, they decided now that they're going to serve God. No, 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 no. He's going to come back a second time. He, he's going to sit back and he's going to watch. And then he's going to say that, okay. Well, this right here couldn't break them. This right here couldn't destroy them. I couldn't trip them up with this one right here. I, I presented something before them that looked good, but it wasn't good enough. So he came back again. The devil took him up on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their grandeur. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down 
and you worship me. It doesn't matter how many material things you have, people of God. It doesn't matter how many Gucci purses we have. It doesn't matter how many coach shoes we have. It, none of those things matter how many Nike t-shirts we have. It doesn't even matter what type of home you live in. It doesn't matter what type of five cars you drive around. If we don't have God that's on our side, nothing is wrong with the Lord blessing us. But Satan will tempt you. Satan will present all these things before you to make you feel that you don't need God. Oh, help us, Jesus, today. That is what he did to Jesus. He was trying to show him that I will give you all this stuff if you would just bow down and worship me. It looked good. It sounded good. But look at what Jesus said unto him. Get away from here, Satan. So many times, people of God, we got to say, get away from here, Satan. Depending on what version of the Bible that you're reading, another version may say, get behind me, Satan, for you are a hindrance to me. And then he said, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only will you serve glory to God so even while you're in the midst of your wilderness experience we still got to serve God while we're in the midst of going through what we're going through in your in your wilderness you may be struggling from day to day just to survive it may be financially it may be emotionally it may be mentally it may be physically you may be crying for relief from your breakdown. Glory to God. Somebody on this line may be on the verge of a mental breakdown. But faith without works is dead. We already know, people of God, that faith is the substance, the evidence of things that we're hoping for, the manifestation of things that we can't even see. Our faith is our belief before the manifestation takes place. Your faith involves you trusting God and what your mind come into agreement with. Works is labor, the task that we do. So faith without works, what are you doing in the midst of your wilderness? Faith without works is dead. That means that it is useless. It is pointless. It is ineffective. The lack of works reveal that we have an unchanged life and a spiritually dead heart. True faith brings forth change. It brings forth manifestations from God. True faith will cause transformation to take place. How we live determines what we believe. Works are not the cause of our salvation. Don't put us in the right relationship with God, but works are evident of our salvation. Faith in Jesus Christ always results in good works. How we, re how we live reveal what we believe. When we claim to be a Christian, but our lives is of willful, willful sin, then we give in to temptation your faith is going to be tested but you have work to do 
When we think about works, I'm not talking about the works of man. That's not what I'm talking about here. First of all, some even on this line today may be at a very pivotal moment in their life. Mm. A pivotal moment is a moment where your life can go either way. It is a place where, a crossroad in your life where we can either choose to do it God's way and walk with the Lord or we can choose to give in to what the devil present before us. So you are at that moment of decision in your life. A pivotal moment. Live life God's way offers divine protection, a way of escape, a better life. On today, we have to make that decision that I'm going to follow God all the way to the end. While you are in your wilderness and your faith is being tested, wait on the Lord. People of God, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage according to Psalm 27 and 14. Waiting on the Lord is not always easy because you're forced to in the wilderness because it ain't nothing that you can do about your situation. Am I talking to anybody here today? Have you ever found yourself in a situation that it was nothing that you could do about it? Glory to God. That's your wilderness experience. That is where you have to rely on him. That is where you have to depend on him. That is where you have to trust him. That is where you get to know him for myself. Glory to God. It's one thing, people of God. We thank God for the patriarchs of old. <clears throat> we thank God for our grandparents. We thank God for our pastors and our leaders. We thank God for all of them. But it's a difference when you know God for yourself. Oh, it's a difference in knowing God. For yourself, people of God. And when you're in the wilderness and you're waiting on God. Through the midst of your tears, through the midst of your pain, through the midst of your disappointment. You learn how to wait on God. Because you discover that there was nothing that you could do on your own. It's nothing that you can do about it. Only God can heal your broken heart. Only God can bring you through. Only God can make a way out of nowhere. Only God can make a way of escape for you. That is the place where you have to put your faith to work and find that place of peace. Find that place of joy in the midst of your trouble in the Holy Ghost. Somebody may say, well, Apostle, how am I going to find joy when my life is falling apart? How am I going to find joy? How am I going to find peace, God, when I'm in the wilderness where all that's around me is darkness and disappointment? That is where you pray unto the Lord. That is where you get in the word. That's where you surround yourself with believers. And that is where you fellowship one with another. When you're in the midst of your wilderness experience. When you're in the driest place that you've ever in your life been in. That is not a place where you want to be all by yourself. But you need the saints of God praying with you. Agreeing with you. That is that place in the wilderness where you mature in God. That is that place where you grow up in God. Come on here, somebody. That is the place where you get revelation on walking 
with God? Am I talking to anybody today? I can remember way back years ago when I was in my wilderness experience. And it wasn't nobody but me and God. That was where I had to develop my relationship with God. That was where I found out who God was to me. I just hear the Lord speaking on today that he's going to reveal himself to somebody in a powerful and in a mighty way. Somebody may say, well, Apostle, I already know God. But he said, I'm going to reveal myself to you at a deeper level in this season that we are in. This is where God is about to launch his people out into the deep waters. That place of total reliance on him. That place of dependence on him. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10 says, We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. We carry around in our bodies the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our mortal bodies. The reason for these tests and the reason for these trials is to show you that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. The wilderness is an unpleasant place to be. We naturally, naturally want prosperity. We naturally want good health. We naturally want happiness and it's an easy going. But the same God who created the Garden of Eden also created the wilderness. There will be times of pressure. There's going to be times of uncertainty, people of God. There's going to be times of testing and of trials. There's going to be many tribulations. There's going to be many pressing situations. There's going to be many perplexity. There's going to be moments of despair. There's going to be many times when you're going to be struck down. There's going to be many times when sickness or disease may come upon you. There's going to be times where you don't know what your next move is even going to be. Oh, help us God today. But the Apostle Paul reminded them that even though you may be in a hard place right now, it's not going to crush you. Your wilderness experience will not crush you. It may perplex you, but it's not going to despair you. You may be persecuted, but God promised he wouldn't abandon you. You may be struck down. You may be at the lowest place in your life, but it's not going to destroy you. You may be carrying around some weights right now. You may be going through some life-death experiences right now. But the God of grace will meet you even in the wilderness. Glory to God. Even in the wilderness, that is your place of refreshing. That is your place of renewal. God is saying on this morning, I'm refreshing you. God is saying, while you're in the wilderness, I am renewing you you. He says, I am creating you to be a new creature, a creature that will worship me, a creature that will serve me, a creation that will honor me. 
He says, I am refreshing you. He says, I am renewing you. Even when Satan presents things before you while you are in the wilderness, don't bow down to the temptation of the devil. Already have a response for him when he show up. Just like in verse number seven, Jesus had to counteract what Satan spoke to him. Satan will speak to you and say, well, if God is so good, then why are you going through what you're going through? But then you have to counteract him with the word. For the word of God says that many are the afflictions of the righteous man, but God delivered them out of it all. Hallelujah. So in the midst of what you're going through, people of God, give the adversary the word. In the midst of him presenting things before you to get you off track, to make you bow down and worship him. In the midst of the things that he throw upon you to take your joy, to rob you of your peace. And even to take somebody's sound mind on today. Remind the devil that it is written that I can't live by the food that I eat alone. I can't even eat by the words that I speak. But I have to live according to the very words that proceeded out of the mouth of God. That is according to people of God. What was written. That is what Jesus said to him. It is also written. And even after Jesus told him that it is also written. Satan came back at him again in verse number 8. And then the devil took him up on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And those of y'all that know the word, the prophet Daniel had prophesied about it, about how kingdoms would eradicate themselves in the, oh God, oh shakana mashanda. I see it in the spirit realm where kingdoms are eradicating themselves in the natural. But it also said Daniel prophesied that we're going to come into a time where all those kingdoms are going to crumble. All those man-made kingdoms will crumble. But the kingdom of God will stand forever and ever and ever and ever. That's the very word that was spoken by the mouth of God. That is what Daniel was talking about. So we're in a time, people of God, that the only thing that is going to stand is what is written. That is the only thing that is going to back Satan down while you're in the wilderness. Is what was what is written. That is going to be the only avenue of victory. That is your weaponry against the enemy people of God. In this hour. What is written. Why do you think the devil don't want you to read and study the word of God. Because he knows that if you understand and you come to a revelation of what is written, that he can't tempt you, he can't deceive you, he can't manipulate you, he can't cause you to live beneath the privileges of God because you know what is written. And the Bible goes on and it says, all these things I will give you if you would just fall down and Worship me. Then Jesus said to him. Get away from here Satan. For it is written. 
you shall worship your God and him only shall you serve. Notice here how Jesus even told him. This is a prophetic thing right here, y'all, that was happening. Jesus was speaking to Satan when he told him to get away from here. Because it is already written that the time is going to come when you're going to bow down to me. And you're going to worship me and you're going to serve me. So whatever your wilderness experience is right now, take authority over sadness. Take authority over brokenness. Take authority over disappointment. Jesus was taking authority over what the enemy was trying to present before him. Glory to God today. So we should have an already response for the devil when he comes to present things before us. It is written, glory to God. And then the Bible says, once he took authority over Satan, it says, then the devil left him. And the Bible says, and immediately, it didn't say delayed. It didn't say much time had passed. The Bible says, and immediately angels came and ministered unto him. While you're in the wilderness, people of God, stand on James 4 and 7, which says, Therefore, submit yourself unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Won't you tell Satan to get behind you? Glory to God. You at that point got to submit yourself unto God. Give your life over to the Lord. Begin to live willingly for him. Begin to come into agreement with what God says in his word concerning you. I'll come bring this thing to a close. Resist the devil. Turn away from that which is evil. Shun the evil things of this world. And the devil will flee from you. Glory to God. Don't reject your wilderness experience. Because it actually is making you. Oh, gracious, wise, and eternal Father, it is in the name of Jesus that we give you glory, honor, and praise on today. Father, help us in the name of Jesus not to reject our wilderness experiences, but help us, God, to make a decision, God, to trust you in the midst of what we're going through. Teach us, God, how to wait on you and to be of good courage. Help us to find peace and joy in the Holy Ghost in the midst of our troubles, God. Help us, God, to get revelation on walking with you. Father, we give your name glory, honor, and praise on today. For you are great and you are greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Oh, wherever you are right now, just begin to just worship the Lord. Hallelujah. In the midst of what you're going through, even right now, know that the way maker has shown up. Know that the burden bearer has shown up. Know that he is your bridge over troubled waters on today. And in spite of what the adversary may present before you, you need to know and you need to hear God on today that the peace of God which passes all understanding shall rest on you in this hour and in this season. I prophesy to every drought in your life And I command it to live again in the name of Jesus. 
I speak life over you today and that more abundantly. I speak blessings and not curses to be upon your life in the name of Jesus. I decree and I declare today that the joy of the Lord shall be your strength. In the midst of what you're dealing with even now, find peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for this day. We pray now, God, in the name of Jesus, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart just be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. It's in the precious and in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ that we pray with thanksgiving in our hearts on today. If there's anybody that's under the sound of my voice on this line on today, that you have found yourself in the wilderness, keep your faith and trust in God. Faith without works is dead. We can't keep saying, people of God, that we trust God. But we got to live by the words of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in the midst of what you're going through even now, allow the Lord to increase your faith in him. That you would have hard faith, unbreakable faith. That you would have relentless faith. That you would have steadfast faith. And that you would have unmovable faith. The Lord said, don't focus on what you're going through even right now. But focus on the one that is going to see you all the way through. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for your word on today. We thank you, God, for every listener on today. Bless them abundantly. Watch over them and keep them, Father God. And if anyone feels that they need to rededicate their lives to the Lord even now, because you may have allowed the enemy to tempt you in a moment of weakness, we stand in the gap and we touch and agree with you even right now in Jesus' name. If there's someone under the sound of my voice on today that, that don't know God, but you are desiring to know him in a more intimate and in a personal way. You can receive salvation wherever you are right now in the name of Jesus. All you've got to do, people of God, is confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that he died and he rose on the third day with all power in his hands. Confess it, believe it, and then walk in it. Glory to God. Knowing that you are saved in Jesus' name. If anybody's under the sound of my voice on today and you would like to team up or link up with this ministry, you can either text message me or you can inbox me. Glory to God. And we welcome you into the household of faith. If that's you on today, glory to God. If you need phone number, it's 804-212-7194. I don't answer phone numbers. I don't know who they are, but you can text me and I will respond to you. Know that we are praying for you. Know that we love you and we want God's best for you. In Jesus' name, we pray on this morning. Amen and glory to God. Hallelujah. If you would like to tithe, sow, or give into this ministry, 